Does it matter how we look? Is it just our audio right now? Uh, no, we're on camera and on audio. Like you're recording camera and audio? Yep, I'm recording camera and audio. So we can people can see us, and I'm going to strip the audio so that people can hear us on whatever app I use. And we're on. What up? First ever fill in the blank. Welcome, Gabby Vasquez. ATL. Co-founder of Roots of ATL. Co-founder, the founder. I don't know, co-founder sounded cooler. <laughs> <laughs> co-founder, CEO. Um, a bitch in charge. Lord of the crust. Mother of rooster. How you feeling? <laughs> mother of all roosters. I know that you just came from the bathroom, so you're probably feeling really nice. I hate you. <laughs> Wasn't long enough because I didn't get this post up. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you put the post on while we figure out what we're going to do. No, talk it's good. About. I shared. We're in. We're live. So I want to. So thank you for hopping on this because this is literally the first thing I'm doing ever. And <laughs> you came up with the name of this, which is really cool, off of. I think I FaceTimed you like four times. Yeah. So that's what I, I do. Give it to you in my first pitch. Yep. And you came with discovering the blank in you by listening to the blank in them. Yeah. Which was deep for. Wow. I'm very for a, deep. For a Wednesday. So today, yeah. Yesterday was Wednesday for a huh. Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Um, and then. I just on the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I call. Yeah. I have like four people that I FaceTime daily. Yeah. You're probably three of them. Um, I know. And, <laughs> and, and then I came back with a snappy fill in the blank, which sounded like a talk show, but is going to be the podcast. So a talk show. This is a talk show. I guess so. Because we both have coffee. So I told you to have your coffee ready. Yeah, it's cold though. Mine is too. That's what happens when you have a one-year-old. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So like, so like give me... So this is, I, I don't even know the format of this stuff yet, right? So give me kind of like the, what's the comic book story of Gabby Vasquez? Or now Gabby Sumlin, I should say. Uh, well, legally, it's still Gabby Vasquez. Yeah. <laughs> Passport hasn't been changed yet. Neither is Cap. Nothing's so. been changed. Nothing's that's, been changed yet. The only one that's actually on that is Andrea. She did it within like weeks. Yeah, I'm just not that motivated to. It's not a big deal to me. It's a, I would be surprised if it didn't happen in a few years, <laughs> honestly. Supposedly, it's a big deal when your kids go to school, because then you're going to, like, parent-teacher conferences, and you're Vasquez, and she's Sumlin, and they think you're, like, the baby mama. I am the baby mama, though. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I mean, it's pretty an issue for, like, the doc. I mean, it's, not, it's actually not an issue. I mean, I take her to the doctors, and, like, you know, my last name's different. True. True. I'm not motivated really to change no, it. It's a big, it's not that hard here. For Kat, she actually has to go back to Columbia to legally change her name there. And then she can use the paperwork to change it here. I would never. Yeah. So it's a lot. No, so I would never. We're I don't even know what it requires here. I just, I literally, that's how much I haven't looked into it. <laughs> I can't tell you. There's a, Andrea sent us a package. It's I literally would. like a portal and you pay $700, I think. Absolutely not. But it does everything in one. So it's the passport, it's the driver's license, it's, I guess, all whatever legal documents all change to someone. Yeah, but I have, like, my business license and, like, all these things are in Vasquez. Hmm. Bank accounts. True. Car, no. Yeah. <laughs> one day. 
my mom never changed my mom changed her name once and then never changed it back what do you mean like oh she's mom, still Vasquez the Vasquez and then when they got divorced she never changed it back to Hernandez and then she got married again and then never changed it. so she's still Iris Vasquez I mean I get that like if you have kids and stuff like if feel like if I ended a relationship, I would maybe want this to have the same last name as my kids. True. I didn't think of that. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of parents do that. Do they? Yeah, to share a last name. Did your mom change hers back? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Carol couldn't wait to get I out of the basket. I, I don't know. In between the time of when she and my dad divorced and remarried, I don't know if she, I don't know if she did. Okay. But did she I take the new last did. name? I think she did change it back to Adams. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, but that wasn't very long. Then she married my stepdad, and she changed it to. What's his last name? Townsend. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is a really cool last name. I'll say. Yeah, it's not shabby. No, it's not. It's definitely a good author name. Yeah, she's thriving on that. All right. So, so do the intro. So do the. Hey, this is Gabby. I love that one. I love. It. <laughs> every time i start my stories on my shop instagram like i just i'm so self-conscious every time i say guys now Do, is that because of me yeah because you yeah but if i said y'all you'd be making fun of me too i say y'all a lot more now which is weird yeah. even as i type i say y'all more yeah i think it's most of vocabulary all right, my name's Gabby, born and raised in ATL, left a few places here and there to let my life fall apart just enough to make it back to Atlanta. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, been living in the city of Atlanta for probably five years now. Uh, crested out here and there, made some questionable life decisions here and there that I felt were necessary. Uh, still necessary sometimes. Um, see, three and a half years ago, met my husband in Atlanta and quickly got the ball rolling with him, moved in together, engaged, baby. And through that, somewhere in that process, decided that it was time to start the business I've always been wanting to start. So I launched my clothing shop and had a baby within five days of one another and we're a year in roots turns one on the 17th and ruth turns one on the 22nd whoa that's kind of like this screenshot synopsis of the last few years there's so much to drill into there which is kind of like why i wanted you to be my first guest because i feel like there's so much past craziness between us that Mm -hmm. we talk about on a daily basis that I think for this sort of thing that I'm trying to create I think it's perfect yeah and because your story is a crusty story it crumbles and I I mean that's agreed to do it there's so many metaphors right like (laughs) there's just so many yeah Um, and I think it's kind of cool and the fact that we're family too is even cooler yeah and so I'm trying to think like the first thing that comes to my mind is like the Pittsburgh trip, right? I feel like the Pittsburgh trip is like just a complete metaphor. Pittsburgh. It's always like it ended with us trying to create like, okay, what yeah. is like, it, it just 
in shambles crashed yeah in the, in the best way possible but, yeah but in the best way possible i think that like if things were gonna go wrong they should have gone wrong that way and i love the pittsburgh story i mean it lasted what, like a whopping month i still but, have the socks from the bowling alley we went yeah, to I still wear those. that's a metaphor in itself mm-hmm. i think pittsburgh was important because that like such small brief period in my life was probably one of the most like monumental and like biggest periods in my life and like the shortest amount of time you know like in a small window like I think about that time frequently and it was like what a month of my life if but a lot happened in that month not. and you know what was cool so like let's dive into that a little bit because I think that's that's what's interesting the pre and the post of it is kind of what's the most because yeah. I think what okay yes I was all about you making the decision of whether you wanted to go to uh, Carnegie Mellon or not, and you actually moving in, and then me being there as you were moving out, which was kind of ironic. Yeah. Moving in and out at the same in the same weekend. Yeah. Um, and doing all the things we did, like hang out, but then coming, I remember, like you know, to get vulnerable a little bit. I remember you leaving Pittsburgh having to come back and then not even wanting to tell people that you were back because you were like yeah. a little ashamed, yeah. right? And I just think that's so funny because like now, you know, your your mood and your attitude is so like, I don't give a fuck, right? Like, hey, this is me, um, unapologetic. I have like something to show for that, which I think is also something that's like skewed in like our society when I came back from Pittsburgh and I let, you know, grad school fall through, I was ashamed that I didn't follow through with it. I was ashamed that I was coming back and I didn't have a plan. You know, I came back and I got a job at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like barely talking to, sorry. I was barely talking to like, you know, my other family. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like I couldn't come back and be like, okay, I know I really like effed up that part of my life. Like, look what I'm doing now. Um, I didn't, you know, have anything to show for that. So I felt, you know, I didn't want to tell people that I was back, you know, now at a point in my life, I'm like, oh, look, no, I'm doing great things. Like I'm actually better yeah. than I was and I'm doing better things now than if I stayed in school. And like, that's dumb. I shouldn't feel like I have to be like, okay, I know that part I fucked up, but look what I'm doing now. Like, it's really great. It's really good. Like yeah. I don't have to have the other side of it. I just like thought I did. Yes. And that's the way 100%. like you're made to feel. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think everybody goes through that. I go through that. Right. I mean, I think that even as early as like fifth grade, you know, it's like immigrant parents want you to be like great at school and have this career. I think Andrea is the only one who's fulfilled on that. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like her, that's like her story, you know, like she's good at that and she like knew what she wanted and like, that's what she wanted. And she went and got it. And like, that's amazing. Yeah. You and know, you know, the, doctor, the whole thing, like that was really cool. And that's what out, like, that's what definitely my dad, pushed on me and right he lived so close in proximity to me that that was the comparison and i was the older one right the older one with bad grades and delivering fruit for a living for a while <laughs> so it was like uh what did i do wrong right. <laughs> but, uh, and then it ended up working out but then but that put the pressure to want to look good and that put the pressure to want to show them that hey my my avenue works and right. it's good for me and I think that's something that's like a lot of courage, right? We don't necessarily right. come out and like say that. Like, oh, well, you know, I didn't really say that either. I was like, it wasn't like, hey, 
look what I'm going to do at the end. You're going to see, you're going to see, like, I was kind of like scared. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, am I fucking this whole thing up? And that's relatable. Like, that's the one thing you did that was like super relatable to what I've been through too. Yeah. Like we're scared to be vulnerable when we're trying to like figure our shit out. We think we have to like have it figured out and then we can like flaunt. Yeah. The end result of having it figured out. Like, you know, there's shame in the process of getting there, you know? Yeah, and then there's courage on the other side because right. now it's like now that you've had your we'll call them metaphors or you've had your crumble moments, um, you've got more context for what's going forward, and it's just you're more you're stronger, you're more knowledgeable, like it's everything, and I think yeah. that happens. All I think that happens all the time, and I like it. So it kind of makes me. That's kind of why I want to do this more, right? I right. feel like even if this fails or even if this is like cringeworthy to certain people. Uh, it's going to teach me something in the way that I communicate and the way that I just share with people. Because I mean, I've always been like the person who like wanted to be like a good artist when I was little, like always wanted to draw, always wanted to like sing. My voice is, I, I just, I don't think it's that tone that is like actually enjoyable for people in a music setting. I don't draw that well <laughs> at all. I think the one thing that I'm good at is kind of like the gift of gab. So that's why I'm like, okay, let me try this to see if I'm good at this. You're a chatter. You're a good talker. Yeah. And, you know, even though I, there's people that I even have in the back of my mind now that I'm like, oh, here goes Rob again. Like, he's just fucking this. And I'm like, I'm starting to enjoy that more. I'm like, oh, yeah. 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 I'm going to start getting t-shirts with their names on them. Light of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like a little bit of a fuel, I guess, to it. Yeah. But. I just enjoy this. Like, this is fun for me. Like, yeah. I like my normal job, but this seems like I can't wait to have like you, like other people on this and then see where it goes in like 40 episodes. And then I'll decide whether I think it's cringeworthy or not. You know, but there's, I think what like the stigma that we need to break down and that we need to expose that the, you know, there's no shame in the process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even, when roots first started or when this is first starting, like we're still kind of pressured into being like, okay, keep it hush hush. Like you're not paying your bills yet. Like you're not, you don't have a lot of views yet. A lot of people aren't listening yet. So like, don't, don't hype yourself up until you have those things and then you can hype yourself up. You know what I mean? And it's like, and that's why, you know, there was like embarrassment and shame. Like when I came home, like when I should have just been like, look, I went, it was a big fuck up. I should have never done it to begin with. I'm back and like, I'm figuring my shit out. Like I should be just as proud as that moment, you know, in that time of my life as I am now. And you should be just as, you know, you know, proud and encouraged by like this stage in your podcast as you should be a year from now, like no matter how many viewers, you know, you know, so like there's this stigma that we shouldn't be proud in the struggle, like only rejoice in the, the wins. Yeah. You know? And I think the perspective is what matters, right? Because I think that if you, if you bring it into, okay, you were going, like, let's bring it granular, right? You were going to Carnegie Mellon to go and be in what? Was it pre-law? Was it, what was it? Well, no, actually, like, I couldn't score high. I literally wasn't scoring high enough to get into law school. That's why I even decided that I was like, okay, I still need to do some sort of postgraduate you yeah. know, education. It was for um, public administration and like. Okay. But at the end of the day, did you, what did you want to do? You wanted to help people. You wanted to. Yeah, I I definitely wanted something like in the public sector and like, listen, I still love, I still loved like the law, like the reasons that I even got a criminal justice major and that I wanted to be pre-law is because like, I love the things about it. Yeah. 
does that necessarily mean that it was like my life passion and that's what I should be doing for the rest of my life? No, I was just that school wise, what I could pick from out of school. That's what I was most passionate about. Yeah. Which makes sense in a, in a rational way. That makes sense. Right. But what I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is do you like, I mean, this is kind of like an open, open question. Do you think that you've helped more, you would have helped more people had you gone forward with that and struggled through it or in your quick decision and going with your gut and then leaving, going through this and now coming out on the other side and everything that you're creating, helping people this way. So it's like maybe your, your fuck up, right, that you, you define it as actually was the reason that people can relate to you more and gives you bigger influence and more relatability. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think had I continued on that path, no doubt I would have helped people. But I think the way that I'm like helping people now is like much more true to me mm -hmm. and something that I can, I feel like I'm able to help more because I can relate to it. Had I stayed on that path that I was going to school for, I think helping people would have been like a very like surface level assistance and help for me. Like now I feel like invested in the help and I feel like invested in the questions people ask me or like the nice things that they say to me, like, Oh, like your mom doing this. Like, that's so encouraging. Like, Oh, you started your own business. Like, that's so brave. I feel like the way that I'm like helping in those ways, I can relate to more because I'm doing it. And I feel yeah. like had maybe I stayed on that career path. I was helping, but like my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I mean, it's funny even much more genuine help now, maybe. Yeah. And I mean, I think it, it shows, right. Because I'll get messages about you. Thank God. Now with messages about, you know, your business and your mom. And it's not like, Oh my God, who's your cousin. And I'm like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> now it's more like, Oh my God, like your cousin. Nobody has that anymore. Now that yeah, I'm I know. Yeah, now you started posting Harrison. So they backed off. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but then it switched. Cause then the girls were like, damn, who's Gabby's man. <laughs> he looks like a lumberjack. <laughs> uh, one of us. Oh God. But no, but I mean, it's funny, right? Because then, you're doing those things, you're doing roots. And then a lot of girls in my, um, in my like Insta or whatever are like, damn, like your cousin's so dope. Like seeing this from your cousin and like, you're even like, they're talking to you. Like, yeah. you know, Val's a big fan. Tina's a big fan. Like these are people who are like, yo, we just like, she's just real. And I think that comes across. Yeah. That's good. That that's good. Cause it's funny when I first like started, all of this and started roots like i my goal was for like no one to know that it was me behind it mm, like i wanted like roots and my instagram to be like this you know anonymous business that was like there the personality was just like in the clothing and like the accessories and stuff and like i quickly learned that like that wasn't working and i think i remember one time i posted like one i like it took me i like agonized over it agonized over it for days of like okay do I post this picture of myself and like one of these accessories and like introduce myself like that seems lame I did it and I got like so much more engagement and like so many more like followers and just comments and like and I that and it's still true to this day the more I share about like my life and my story and like personal aspects to it I you know, I get great feedback. And like yesterday I did those stories of like, look, I bought these items and I'm not thrilled about them. I don't want to officially sell them yeah. on my site. Like I'm selling them on my stories. What's up? You know, even people who didn't buy, I was getting DMs like, 
I think it's so cool that you're staying true to your brand and you're being honest about like, look, I fucked up. I don't like these pieces. I don't want to make a profit on them. If you want them, I'm selling them for cheap. Like I've had a lot of people buy because of that. And I have a lot of people just reach out being like, I totally respect that. Yeah. So, and I, I, you know, I don't think I would see something like that coming from like nasty gal or like, you know, uh, Lulu, you know what I mean? Like no one's, no one's hopping on there and being like, okay, I fucked up. Like, yep. This is what happens. Who wants it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's like getting a lot of good The truth comes across, right? Yeah. I think people, the truth comes across. And that's why I lean into that a lot, yeah. right? Like that level of communication, that approach or whatever you want to call it, um, it hits. And I think that it, it connects with people like me. I think it connects with a lot of people in the audience because especially in my world, like you could call my world the corporate world, right? It's like the cybersecurity uh, big technology companies selling to big companies and the world that I'm exposed to a lot of the time is I call it an auto reply world. Yeah. It's we're locked or they're locked, weird. Like everybody is locked and loaded with just auto responses so that they can get to the next thing. Yeah. And people are yearning and I yearn. Like when I talk to people, like my whole goal is how quickly can I get them to actually be candid? Yeah. How quickly can I get them to be honest with me and use the language that they actually would use in an informal setting? Themselves. This is like the psychology of it, of sales, right? Yeah. Um, how can I get them to get there so they feel comfortable? And then that will actually connect with me because if they just talk to me in these very vague, non-direct, just fucking like annoying terms, and I just feel like I'm basically like, you might as well just put your auto report, your, your out of office yeah that i'm saying right now yeah and you know i don't necessarily call my clients out on it as much in a direct way but the people that i speak to internally you know i go very granular to the fact that like hey like what you're saying is 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 coming across this way i'm not sure if you're aware of it but like be be aware of it and i think sometimes if you've been with the company for 10 15 20 years you don't even see it because you're in the matrix yeah no you don't even realize because you've been breathing that air for so long so it's like hey into us it's like don't have your personality here's your script here's how it's supposed to go if you deviate from this it's weird yeah weird like here's what you're supposed to say stick to it don't make any waves yeah hush hush a lot of people have a lot are dying for connection people want connection but true connection right like not like the fake smile and like, oh, the, oh. I feel that I wouldn't even call that connection. I don't think people yeah. connect with that. So, I think if I hop on like my Instagram stories and like, I'm looking like a hot mess, not wearing anything from like my shop and like holding my daughter. I'm like, yeah, no, today is just like fucking hard guys. <laughs> the one with the fly and the coffee. Remember that? one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, that's real. They're like, oh, okay. Shit. Like I just had a day like that too. And like, she's having it. And like from the outside in, it looks like, you know, she's running this successful business and like, you know, supporting her whole family off of it far from the truth. Yeah. But it like breaks down that barrier. It breaks down the barrier. Yeah. Okay. And it makes people feel more comfortable. And every, yeah. the thing that I'm learning is that, you know, not to judge other people's approaches to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's got their own way of doing it. The way that I do it might make people uncomfortable and feel like I'm putting pressure or I'm aggressive. But the intent is to really just like, hey, we're the same. We're equal. Yeah. Like, I don't want I don't want to come across to you as like a sales vendor. And I don't want to I don't want just to look at you like a dollar sign, like mm-hmm. you're a legit problem. I want to help you solve it. If it's with me, great. If it's not great. Like yeah. we can do business 80 years from now. I really don't care. Like that's how I that's how I approach my thing. And, and that's what makes it fun. 
Yeah. And that's why like my whole process isn't as daunting because, you know, not to shout anybody out, I'll keep this vague because like we're still in the first episode here. I don't want to go too crazy, but like, you know, I've been on, I've been on presentations where it is a very scripted PowerPoint, not really connecting with the user. And within four seconds, it's like this, mm-hmm. they're on their phone. They don't care. Right. Yeah. So like I start every meeting. I don't, I don't even open the laptop. Like, let's just sit around a table. Let's have coffee. Let's have Jamba juice. I don't care. Uh, whatever you'd like. And let's just get down to it directly. And then I'll move on to the next one. So, yeah. and that to some people might be, Oh, he doesn't care. But to other people, it's like, Oh man, thank you. Like, I can't tell you how many people are like, Rob, thank you so much for not going through a PowerPoint. Rob, thank you so much for not wearing a suit. Thank you so much. Like, thank you for not making this another corporate presentation that my boss told me I had to sit through. Right. And they like it. And then the guy that I work with, uh, Jonathan, you know him. Yeah. He's, a big, he's a big, funny teddy bear. Yeah. And we have fun. They feel that connection, right? They feel the laughter and they want to be a part of it, right? That's another psychology of it. I think that's one of the reasons me and Vinny were work together so well is because we bounce that energy off of each yeah, other it's like a pulse yeah and for like signs of life yeah and because a lot of the times and you know in what i faced when i was early i've been in now eight nine years in the beginning it's like these are young kids who don't know what the hell they're talking about so there had to be some sort of party atmosphere some sort of fun atmosphere to attract people to us to listen to us through a different filter rather than yeah. Uh, these little rats they're they're out here to, just for free beer and sandwiches and they like you know initially think it's just a spectacle and then you know you yeah. keep talking and you're like okay maybe it's like a little bit more than a spectacle like i'm entertained yeah but, i like this yeah you know that's one i mean i think that translates into all different businesses though mm-hmm. i think that you know i think you do that in your own way right that's what i'm starting to feel yeah hopefully you know? Yeah, I mean, shit. I still don't know a lot. I don't know. <laughs> it's actually my I favorite. Myself, I have myself saying that a lot of times throughout the day. Like, I just don't know. I don't yeah, Cat Cat calls me out on that all the time because that's one of my favorite uh, words to use. I don't know. She's like, you do know. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the answers. I don't know. I'm just trying. <laughs> next, please next. See what like sticks. Start throwing like a bunch of shit at the wall, and we're just gonna see what sticks. <laughs> All right, so we've gone 45 minutes so far. Let's let's transition. Yeah. Um, you can make like two episodes out of this. Yeah, we can do like a part two or whatever. Um, yeah. So one of the so let's get into a little bit more. I don't want to call it a serious topic, but a different topic. Yeah. Let's talk about one of the things that I think because I'm thinking about okay, what does the audience actually want to hear? Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people love hearing us ramble, but <laughs> like to actually bring value to them in a certain context especially around the theme of mother's day which is coming around sunday yeah uh, did, did do you know what harrison got you yet or you don't know um no it's just a lot of you know sunday's mother's day right right you said that to him or he's saying that to you no, i say that to him oh okay <laughs> so i don't know what he has planned um a little uh, hard in quarantine but true but he goes out so he can surprise yeah no i definitely expect something yeah I, um, the thing is Catherine and I share an Amazon account. So when she ordered me stuff for Father's Day, I could see it. So I knew it was coming. Yeah. And then this Mother's Day, I got her something. It's actually right over here. She hasn't seen it yet, but she knows what it is because she sent me the link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so surprise. Um, I got her a card from CVS because I go to CVS like once a week. Nice. Um, like gloves, masks, 
goggles. I'm just like set up. <laughs> it's so bad. Hazmat suit. Oh God, it's so real. Um, and we could t- we could talk a little bit about that too, right? I think we we could talk around the whole theme of motherhood. I think one of the things that is on your whatever quote unquote brand is that you know you're a you're right now a single not a single <laughs> you're a single stay at home mom with <laughs> no you're a you're right here soon. You're a, let's call it this since you're in the south you're a homemaker you're a mom to a not even a one-year-old about to be a one-year-old business owner recovering corporate admin uh semi bed bread breaker bread baker yeah i mean that happened once you've got you've got mint growing in the backyard you do and and your room is always a mess so like let's talk about this (laughs) this is just real yeah what about it that was just yeah um i mean i probably couldn't have like piled more things on my plate at one time than I have now I mean or like you know a year ago and those things are still on my plate you know I got pregnant like you know started my business at the same time or when she was born you know after my maternity leave was up I didn't go back to work I didn't go back to my corporate job four months later we had a wedding which Um, I which I officiated yes you did I got a nine out of ten you told me after the ceremony you told you that you did I don't remember saying you said nine. nine out of ten. <laughs> I, I don't remember nine, but we'll see. Off. So your vows, not to cut you off, your vows were a ten out of ten. I almost cried. Yeah. And the best part, which I think that we should have some sort of video on, like the part there's like certain moments in my life that like stand out. They're sound bites, right? Yeah. The one where you went, this was the tearjerker. You saved me. This yeah. was such a Vasquez moment. You saved me. And then you started to break down. Everyone started to break down. And then the next line was, not because I needed saving. (laughs) (laughs) That was the most Gabby moment, most Vasquez. Like, oh, you were so, you saved me, but like, don't get it twisted. But like, not that. Saved. Like, you saved me, but I didn't need saving. (laughs) No one asked you to save me. So anyway, but you want, I just needed to say that because that was like, what that's so funny. I didn't even like realize that. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Sorry. <laughs> not because I wanted you to. Not because I, <laughs> yeah. I let you save. That me. was on you. I let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. That was. I mean, those are really good. I still have them. I think. Right. I still have the book with the thing in them. My vows. Yeah, I think. Okay, so. I've been looking for that. I have them. I'm not Why sure. Why have my vows? I have them. Send them back. I mean, does the post office even still work right now? Yeah. Okay. Yummy. Do you really? I'll, fi- I'll find them this week. So funny. Go ahead. Um, yeah, where are we going? I don't know. Yeah, I just I've done everything. Every like life change we could go through, I've done in the past year. You really have. Like every major life change: starting a business, having a baby, getting married. What else? I don't even know. That's it. That's life. It is. Do you bundle it as that, or do you like carpent? Uh, I can't even say that word. Do you like categorize them, or do you just feel like everything is just life? What do you mean? Meaning, like, are you in some sort of time management? Like, I don't know how anal you are about time management, but 
are you like, okay, from like this part, right? 9.15 to whatever, I'm going to talk to Rob. And then I got to do Instagram content. for Like, are you like that? Or no, you can't, I can't be that anal because Ruth is in that anal. Got so <laughs> yeah. I wish I could be, you know, I do my best to time out her naps and stuff. And I try to get as much done as I can in those time periods. Cause when she's awake, I want to give her my attention and I want her to like, you know, learn and grow things. I don't want her to just play by herself. So, I mean, I do my best to like aim for things that I want to get done when I think she's going to nap. Sometimes it goes that way. Sometimes it doesn't go that way. Oh. I can't be too anal about it. I'll be very disappointed every day. Yeah. It would cause frustration that God knows having a one-year-old has its own frustrations in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I mean it's, it's great to be able to stay home with her, but like, I will tell you now, I mean, there's so much more on my plate than there ever was when I was like working um, with the company that I was before. I actually felt like I had a ton of downtime when I was with them. You guys are superheroes. Huh? To be a, to be a mom, the first, I, rem, I mean, you look at, especially for me, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure Harrison feels the same. The way you look at your wife after she has your kid is a whole different superhero than what you saw her before. Your relationship changes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it changes, it changes in the way that I appreciate her. It changes in the gratitude that I have for her because I see – and I know how much time she puts in for P and what she has to do and what she has to think about on top of the plate that she already has. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, you know, she's, she's the, uh, she's the architect of yeah. this. She's like the architect of P right now, yeah. um, which is amazing to see. Right? And that, you know, dads, you, you know, dads have their part and they have their role and like, this may be like unpopular opinion, but like they just, Dads don't know, like, what babies need the way, like, mothers know what they need. Yeah. And that's, like, and I hate that because I hate, like, you know. Like, it's not a bad thing. No, like, not like, oh, this is mom role, this is dad role. There's just, like, things that I think about during the day and that, like, I'm already, like, you know, the wheels are turning in my head for her that just, like, don't occur to Harrison not because he's a bad person or a bad dad or because you know it just I'm like we do have motherly instincts they were physically a part of us like we just inherently and internally know Mm -hmm. what they need and like our minds are like always revolving around that and I actually read this really interesting article not long ago saying like you know the stigma behind like stay-at-home moms we have to think about it like, okay, if you were to put stay-at-home mom in like a corporate job description. Oh my God, okay? CEO. Yeah, project okay. or um, operations manager. And they're like, they're like, you realize at a corporate job, operations manager, that is your only job. You literally are just managing operations. So as facts is like cleaning the house, getting things done, making sure they eat, cooking dinner, like planning out like the day, like that is operations management and now you add so when things that. don't go when yeah. things crumble like yeah the things that's crazy it's like once you know especially in the beginning once you have a routine it changes yeah whose routine now is different from when it was at six months we've had yeah. to adapt yeah and if they get sick if they if they have a weird cough that you have to go or if they have something on their foot that you have to keep track of these yeah. are things that you're constantly yeah. like adapting to it's not even only things like you're thinking of so it's sense of like an operations manager 
you're also doing those things. You're not even, you're not just managed. Like I could yeah. spend all day long telling you like what needs to be done and that could be my job and I could have a full plate of it. <laughs> but not only do my knowing what needs to be done and planning it out of my head, I'm doing it. Yes. But I'm also an operations manager and I'm also like doing the operations. So it's so yeah. much more on my plate than like it ever was when I was working in corporate. And like moms that like work, I used to say, like, you know, I would. I used to say, like, you know, I'll keep my corporate job as long as I can, you know, work from home. If I could just work from home, easy peasy. Absolutely no way would I have been able to do my job mm-hmm. working from home. And I know a lot of moms who, you know, had to come home because mm-hmm. of quarantine. And I don't know how they're doing it. My best friend Mallory does it. She's still working full time remotely. And they have, you know, their son is a few, is a month five weeks, six weeks, um, younger than Ruth. Don't know how it's happening. People adapt. And I don't know either. I mean, I think it's different. It's kind of like, I don't know what analogy is, but it's kind of like working out, right? I mean, you guys have such a heavy plate that you're stronger now and you just move quicker. And you guys, I mean, I just keep using the word superheroes, right? So now something like, you know, working at, Boston Consulting would be a breeze for you after everything you've just done. I don't know, man. It's just, it's, I mean, it's a different skill. It's a different muscle, but your muscles are much stronger now. So you adapt and you guys are used to, I mean, not used to it, but. I mean, I am like grateful that I can, you know, I can turn off like what I'm doing on roots, whenever I want, like on and off throughout the day. It's like not ideal, but I can, you know, I can't imagine still working in the role that I was in with like, I can't just call and be like, Hey, I'm going to move this entire team meeting yeah. or I'm going to push this deadline back because I got like things to do today. Like, you know, I have that freedom with what I do. You know, those parents don't necessarily have that freedom. I don't know how I would, because I, I move everything around her naps and stuff, Yep. you know, working for a company and working on a team. I don't, you know, you don't have that luxury to be like, stop my kids sleeping. So can we do it at this time? And then, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have that luxury. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, you know, Kat has to get on calls at 7 a.m., sometimes 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I take the morning shift, and then Jocelyn starts at 8. We both grind until 5. Mm-hmm. I feed Kat at 5, and then we play with her until she – we play with her, take her outside, do whatever, until 6.30, and then we start winding down for 6.45 bath time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's our routine, and that will change, you know, as, mm-hmm. as she gets older and as she needs more or less. We uh-huh. just kind of adapt and yeah. it's what works. Everybody's got their own thing that works. Yeah. You know? just figure it out. Got to find what works, what keeps yeah. everyone happy and sane. Yeah. And you got to be happy. You can't be, you know, it's going to be funny that like, you know, P and Ruth are going to be able to watch this in like, you know, 18, 15, 20 years mm-hmm. and understand like, oh my God, my dad was young and he was somewhat skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Haircut. And yeah, oh God, yeah, don't even get me started on the hair. Um, yeah. And they're going to be like, wow, like they're going to be able to relate to this because they're going to be, they're going to be coming into that themselves. Yeah. You know? I don't want to cry on my first podcast thinking about her wedding, but like, you know, just thinking about those milestones, thinking about the fact that, oh shit, like the stuff that my dad went through or my aunt went through is so relatable to what I'm going through now. Mm-hmm. It'll have yeah. different names and there'll be different society norms at that point hopefully uh you know i don't know it just be it'll be different but 
the things that they'll go through, I think, will be similar formats. And I'm hoping that, you know, anything that comes out of this, as we wrap up in the next three minutes, because we've got an hour, which I know we could go 10 more hours, but still, we'll, we'll wrap this up in, in a straight one hour. Um, you know, it'll be cool to see them enjoy that or see this and pass that on to them. Um, just to say like, oh shit, like my dad and my aunt were close and this is how they talk to each other. Like, this is how family can talk to each other. Yeah. You know? And they can be reminded of that when there's ever, uh, you know, a family quarrel or yeah. whether, you know, they're going through something with their spouse. Like they can look to their, like the same way I look to you for like guidance or reality check. Right. I think sometimes I need to be brought down from the clouds Yeah. and be like, Hey, uh, you're being a jerk or you're being pretentious or like, did you realize what you just said sounded like this? And I need people like that in my life. Otherwise I fly off. Um, and I think that's okay. I think that's okay. That's why we have people like this in our lives. Right. Um, I don't need to do it all by myself. Right. Thing. And just being being real, being nice. And, you know, I mean, we'll, I'll probably pound on this a million times. Like, cause I'm sure I'm so like, you know, uh, it, it's going to be funny. The fact that it, I do what I do out of spite for my parents, but I get good things from them. It'll be cool to see how P translate that into her. Yeah. Right? She's going to use certain things that I've done or certain yeah. things that I say, or certain things that I've instilled as like, forget that. Like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. How are they going to rebel? I mean, they're going to, I did. We all did. Yeah. They're supposed to. I hope it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's like not like life altering. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, like oh. I didn't like do you have any tattoos? Yeah. Oh yeah, you do on your ankles. I don't have any tattoos. Yeah. I don't have to go that way. All right, let's let's finish this off. Ready? So um in the 30 seconds we have, this is what we're gonna do on every podcast now. Discover the blank in you by listening to the blank in them. This is putting you on the spot. I'll give you two yeah. seconds to think about it. All right. Um, what I want to do is basically have everybody answer this at the end of the podcast. Cause I think that a lot of the things that we touched on today were, are going to like, you know, bring people closer into our world are going to maybe inspire them, motivate them, maybe just feel more <laughs> comfortable in the things that they're going through by hearing it from a different yeah. perspective. Um, and then hopefully listen more um, or not. But what, I mean, what would be your, what would be your fill in the blank? <laughs> So I don't know why this like comes to me. Like, I think it's like a total projection, which is like all we're ever doing, you know, like our opinions and our actions and stuff are like projections of what, of what we're putting out there and like our reality, you know what I mean? So I think like in relation to this conversation and in the context that I'm currently taking it, I mean, if you ask me in 10 minutes, maybe it would change, but I don't know, maybe discovering the capabilities in me by listening to the doubt in them. Say it again. Discovering the capabilities in me while listening to the doubt in them. I love it. I'm not saying anybody doubted me. I think that's my projection. Yeah. Like projections that I got from like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anyone that's really ever said that to me really ever been like, I don't think you could. Yeah. But that's what I've like felt. I feel like people think that like, I couldn't or like, it was just like talk. Yeah. So like now that like I'm doing it, I'm like, okay, well I'm definitely capable of doing it. Like I am doing it, but it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of it was driven by like 
the doubt I thought people had in me. Yeah, I love that. No, I think that's, I mean, that's super related. I can relate to that in so many yeah. different ways. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. I love you. Love you. And we're ending the recording now.